Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. A lot of new developments as it relates to Joe Rogan, as it was revealed this weekend that on a number of occasions in the course of his conversations with people, the that he used the N-word. Uh, he took to social media this weekend and I gave what I thought was he gave what I thought was a heartfelt apology. You know, it's amazing the double standard when it comes to issues like this. How many of you remember Bill Clinton's brother used it? Or how many of you remember Hunter Biden used it? Or how many, you know, would even consider Biden's history of race, starting with his partnering with a former Klansman to stop the integration of schools and also stop school busing because he didn't want public schools to be racial jungles. So it's selective moral outrage. Now, do I think anyone should ever use that word? Nope. Bad, bad, dumb idea. Even in context, dumb idea. Also, an interesting side note to this is not one, but two companies now have offered Joe Rogan $100 million and a four-year deal to bring his show to their platform. I've never heard of Odyssey. I don't even know who they are. The other is Rumble. I'm very aware of Rumble. We have a pretty big following, I'm told, on Rumble. Uh, But here's Joe in his own words. Hello, friends. Um, I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast, and it's all smushed together, and it looks horrible even to me now i know that to most people there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word never mind publicly on a podcast and i agree with that now i haven't said it in years but for a long time when i would bring that word up like if it would come up in conversation and stay instead of saying the n-word i would just say the word i thought as long as it was in context people would understand what I was doing. Like that context was part of the clip we were talking about Red Fox, how Red Fox said that word on television in the 1970s and how times have changed so much since then. Or about how Richard Pryor used it as one of the titles of one of his albums. Or I was quoting a Lenny Bruce bit, or I was quoting a Paul Mooney bit, or I was talking about how Quentin Tarantino used it repeatedly in Pulp Fiction. Or I was talking about how a Netflix executive, ironically, used it because he was trying to compare it to another offensive word and he said it out loud and they fired him. Not calling anybody or just saying the word out loud. I was also talking about how there's not another word like it in the entire English language because it's a word where only one group of people is allowed to use it and they can use it in so many different ways. Like if a white person says that word, it's racist and toxic. But a black person can use it and it could be a punchline. It could be a term of endearment. It could be lyrics to a rap song. It could be a positive affirmation. It's a very unusual word, but it's not my word to use. I'm well aware of that now, but for years I used it in that manner. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist. But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist. You f- up. And I clearly have f- up. All right. Here to analyze and discuss and debate all of this. Greg Jarrett, Fox News contributor, best-selling author, also the host of his own podcast, The Brief. Joe Concha is with us, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill, 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think, Joe, from a media standpoint, the reaction of Rumble and Odyssey is very revealing to me. And that is that I think and, and I've not heard the context of the the instances of him using the word. So I'm just going to take his word for it that. It was it, it was not said maliciously, which is what, how I interpreted his comments. But I don't know because I haven't heard it, and I don't. I, I I just didn't want to take the time to listen to it. To be honest, I don't think anybody should ever use the word bad idea. And it um, and I, I I sense sincerity in his apology moving forward. Spotify seems to be sticking by him. Your reaction. Well, I listened to it, Sean, and as far as the context, it is important because in almost every case that I heard, and we're talking thousands upon thousands of hours, 12 years of very long conversations that, that he had with folks, but from what I can see, he was talking about comedians like Red Fox or Lenny Bruce using the word where he made the mistake, and he says he hasn't used it in years, but when he made the mistake at the time was he would use the N-word in full. He wouldn't shorten it to N-word. And you're right. We're all in agreement, Greg, as I'm sure as well. I don't think I've ever said that word in my life. And even if you do say it in a certain context, all it takes is a, a social media mob to run with it in that context, and you get eliminated, right? So I, I find I, I agree with you. With, with Rumble and with Odyssey, that's capitalism for you right there. So Spotify keeps taking down Joe Rogan episodes and eventually if they crumble, and I don't think they will because they've stood with him to this point for the most part, but if they do, he has $100 million waiting for him at another company, and even if it isn't with a company, Joe Rogan probably independently can launch a podcast, and he'll still get the same amount of listeners and, and be able to drive the same amount of revenue. Maybe not exactly the same, but hey, 90, 100 million, how many yachts can you water ski behind? So uh, I think the bottom line is we've seen this movie before. If you are weak with this social media model, that's a lot stronger on paper than it is in real life, and you start to apologize and you go through that effort, it's like signing a death warrant for your career. And you should never back down. Rogan did apologize. Actually, I thought, I thought his apology was fully appropriate in this case. Oh, I thought it was too. That's what I was about to say. He did do it in this case, but in other cases, like like Sharon Osbourne, right? When when she stood up for Piers Morgan uh, and his right to free speech, uh, it, it seems like the minute you do apologize for things you shouldn't apologize for, that's when the mob comes for you. But overall, Rogan is the biggest thing to hit the airwaves since Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, and, and Sean Hannity, and everybody has tried to cancel those guys. They did with Rush, obviously, in the FCC. They did with Stern. They have with you. And the the trick is, more speech is better than less speech, and it's, that makes conversations in the American way better because having more conversations about more things out there, that, that's what we're founded on. I, I think what, the way I interpret both Rumble and Odyssey's offer, Greg Jarrett, is that it's there's going to be platforms available now that will allow for real free speech, and my bet is the marketplace for it. I'll give you a quick example. I love watching chris rock on stage he right. uses this word a ton in his in his stand-up act um do i am i at all outraged i think he's one of the funniest comedians in history never mind historically or i thought the dave Chappelle. i think dave Chappelle is extraordinarily funny um do i think there was any he's a comedian Every, everybody that's a comedian ought to have all the latitude they want and I'm, I'll start with me. Say anything you want about Sean Hannity. I don't care. And just, I hope you're funny about it. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense, and I agree with you, and I, I certainly agree with you. I do think that, and I watched it several times uh, and listened to it several times, uh, Joe Rogan's apology. It, he seemed uh, sincere. I think he was unnerved by it. I think he he felt shameful about it and his use of it. And I agree with you, Sean, that you know, nobody should use the N-word. Um and, you know, when I hear my daughters, you know, playing hip-hop or, or rap songs and the word is used by black artists, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. And I, I usually... Well, by the way, you, start, you have white artists, too. You've got Eminem, yeah. et cetera. And I don't yeah, know if he no. uses it. I'm pretty, sure he, I'm pretty sure he does. Does anybody know for a fact? You know, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I, you know, I can't say how others feel about it, but, you know, it's my view of things that nobody should use the word under any circumstances. Now, Chris Rock uses it quite liberally in his comedy routines. Well, and- my team is telling me in my ear that Eminem does not use it, which I'm glad okay. to hear. Right. Uh, yeah, probably a, a smart move. What bothers me the most about this whole Joe Rogan affair is, is you know, Neil Young. I mean, here is a guy, you know, who participated uh, in the 2006 Freedom of Speech Tour all over the country, uh, which was designed to protest uh, the involvement of U.S. soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, The crowds were often disagreeable, but it was billed as the Freedom of Speech Tour. And here's a guy who wants to get rid of freedom of speech, um, except that speech with which he agrees. And, you know, platforms like Spotify and others put out uh, news and information and music uh, for, for everybody. Uh, and the idea that we're going to engage in wholesale censorship of uh, words and phrases, and in Rogan's case, um, arguments on the pandemic and covid uh, and restrictions and science and treatment that that we don't like or we disagree with seems to me to be anathema to the First Amendment to the Constitution. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Greg Jarrett, Joe Concha, then your calls, 800-941-SEAN, our number. More with Greg Jarrett, Joe Concha, going over the latest developments in the Rogan case. I just think the marketplace is now changing. There's something deep and profound going on when in the middle of this, he's getting four-year, $100 million offers. That, to me, is game-changing. That means that there are going to be platforms that will now exist where there will be complete and total freedom of speech I'm sure with probably the exception being threats to one's safety or life. But beyond that, it probably will be game on. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't 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 go on it. Stay away from it. And and that's an interesting that that, that is a dynamic that I don't think anybody thought of beforehand. Joe. Oh, no, it's, it's such a huge marketplace right now. Right. You don't have to work for a corporation anymore. I mean, I guess Spotify is a corporation, but there's just so many options. I mean, growing up in New York City, I had four television stations, uh, Channel 2, 4, 7 and 11. And that's it. Now there's, there's thousands. No, that's of not true. You have Channel 13, PBS. 
and you had Channel 21. I know the exact channels you had, but go ahead. Well, you're a little before my time, Sean. Uh, you're 45. I'm, I'm Okay, if we had it in my before. time before you, that means you had it in your time, too. It didn't. They didn't disappear when... When I, after I was younger year. than you, wise <laughs> well, ass. Say, all right, I had to get something in. Uh, but let me say to the folks at Spotify and Rumble, this Joe, as in Conchu, who has worked in radio before, I will take 10% of your Rogan offer gladly. No problem with that. Uh, look, let's put Rogan in perspective, by the way, in terms of his audience. He gets 11 million listeners a day. Now, when you think about that, compared to CNN, right? We talk about old media and new media. CNN's been around for 42 years. International name brand. They can't even draw 500,000 viewers a day on average. They drew 493,000 in January on average compared to 11 million for, uh, for Rogan, right? And then obviously Fox is uh, you know, quadrupling and then five times the audience is CNN, but we can talk about that another time. The problem is if you cancel Rogan, then they'll come for Fox News next, right? And we saw it with, with CNN's media reporters who were literally contacting cable operators but, saying you but have Joe, to take off this, Fox. Joe, yeah. this has been my entire career they've tried to kill me. And I'm not just oh, saying yeah. me. Rush, uh, what he's gone through. Levin, what he's gone through. Anybody in talk radio, anybody on Fox News, we're all, you know, mil tens of millions of dollars annually are spent to kill us all. And by yeah. kill us, I mean shut us down. I think more like these are supposed to be journalists, and they're actually contacting cable operators and then asking, "What are you going to take Fox down? They're literally killing people. They're they're dangerous." It's like we've never seen that before, right? I, I've seen it from activists, but it's not supposed to come from you know people who purport to be journalists. Obviously, they're not their activists as well. But yeah, that's the slippery slope. You cancel Rogan, they come for Hannity next. They come for uh, you know the, the Greg Jared podcast. Why are you dragging my way. ass into this? Why am I, dude, Greg? Why is he doing that? You're my lawyer. Step in here. <laughs> uh, you know, I would suggest well, you uh, take the. And, and remain silent <laughs> on that subject. You know, the, uh, so much of this, it, 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 CNN, for example, just taking CNN uh, for an example here, the network openly championed all the business shutdowns and personal lockdowns imposed by Democratic mayors and governors during the pandemic. It was the wrong thing to do. It was devoid of any scientific justification. Now, two years later, We've got this study by Johns Hopkins that determines that the lockdowns were completely ineffective. The economic and personal hardships of the draconian measures far outweighed the minuscule benefit of reducing deaths by 0.2%. That's less than 1%. Uh, and there was CNN publicly shaming anybody who dared to disagree with these dictatorial commands in the blue states, fueled by the idiocy of Anthony Fauci. And so it's not unsurprising now that CNN and others in the mainstream media are utterly ignoring the Johns Hopkins study. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Great wait point. a minute, Greg. I thought we were all supposed to follow the science, right? but only we, when convenient to our political argument. Isn't that the whole thing? It, it um, absolutely is. All right, last very quick answers. Predictions. Does Joe Rogan survive on Spotify? My answer is yes. I'm going yes as well, and if he doesn't, he goes somewhere else and survives there. He's got options. <laughs> Greg. Because he is so popular and very good at what he does, he will uh, survive. He'll flourish. In the end, all of the attention is only going to drive up his viewership, whether it's on Spotify or another platform. Thank right. I appreciate you both. Thank you. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Greg Jarrett, Joe Concha. And it's going to be interesting. I, I, I just don't see it happening. I think at this point, everybody's going to understand the freedom aspect of this. And in the end, I think we're going to be better off with free speech, more speech, not less speech. 
keep them accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now uh, to the top of the hour, 800-941. Sean, our number. Let's get to our busy phones uh, as we say hi to Russell is in Tennessee. Uh, Russell, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Yes, sir. It's an honor to talk to you, and I'll be quick as possible. Last Tuesday at work, I didn't feel just right. I had a touch of the sore throat. The sinus is the whole nine yards. My let me make. Wait, let me stop you. You pop positive. Let me guess. Yes, sir. Positive. But as I went to the doctor, I told him what you said. I said, now, Sean did say, I'm not a doctor. Ask your doctor. So I asked my doctor about the monoclonal antibodies and the vitamin D and C and zinc. And that much I got down on my own through the local drugstore. Right. And it took them two, took them two. Now, first, they gave me a little runaround, but I insisted. Look, I said, right now, I feel good, but I was told I heard to do it right now. And uh, so I asked for it, and sure enough, they got me in Thursday, and they gave me those monoclonal antibodies, and I I promise you not, by Friday, I was feeling good. Saturday, yes, I stayed away from people, but I did get out. I feel fine. Like Almost. Ever been wrong. So how many days since, since you had tested positive did you get the monoclonals? Three. No, that's, wait a minute. Two, that's perfect. All right. Two days. If you, two if, days. If, oh, all right. If you get it within the first 48 hours, there's not a single person I know, vaccinated, unvaccinated, that does, has not had the exact same reaction. Now, you probably have Omicron, as that's the most dominant variant now making its way around the country. The better monoclonals are Citrovimab, and I'm not trying to overwhelm people with, with by GSK. And I'm sure you probably got that. Where did you go, if you don't mind me asking? Did you go to a hospital, or did you go to a doctor, or what did you do? I went to a doctor here in a local clinic, and she had to call the hospital, and they had to set me up. And, of course, I had to get, you know, they were out the first day. It was why I had to wait two days, but they had some more coming in. And yep. they set me up in a local hospital here in Tennessee, in the Madison County Hospital, and it was and it was very, very easy. I went in there, and that, and the lady told me, she said, you probably made the smartest decision that you could make. Yep. Uh, listen, you, you handled it perfectly. You stayed on it. You didn't take no for an answer. And I hope people that are listening to you and your success story uh, learn and understand. I will say it again. If you get to day seven, and, you know, your doctor said to you, go home, and if you got a fever, take two extra strength Tylenol, drop your fever, and monitor your oxygen levels. And if it goes to 90 or below, you probably should go to the emergency room. That usually happens on day seven, sometimes day six, but usually seven. And the problem is, is if you wait, by the time you get to that hospital, the damage is done to your lungs. So you want to start early. Now, I'm not a doctor. Follow Russell's advice, ask your doctor, and be specific. Isn't there a particular monoclonal antibody that does better um, with uh, the Omicron variant? And and you can go from there. You can actually sequence your test and find out, but that often takes too long. So you got to assume if 95% of cases are Omicron that you have it, but it also, the Zetrovimab works on Delta and every other one too, according to the doctors I've interviewed. Anyway, I'm just glad you're healthy. I really am. God bless you. Um, I'm glad we were able to help a little bit. There are people that, 
I will tell you this. I'm going to bring, I can say this the right way, Linda, but there are people that we don't even know and they get into trouble. They get a positive test and they call and they, what did Sean say again? And, and that's why I've been repeating it. And I'm explaining to the audience why I repeat it. And we tell them and then they call the doctor and the doctor will say, well, we can't find it. And so we go to work. And I mean, I've spent hours of my life on the phone for even people that I don't know and many people that I do know finding where they might have the monoclonals. Now, finally, the first time I was able to get the antivirals that worked great for somebody in tennis, uh, sorry, South Carolina, uh, had never had success. Pfizer apparently has put up on its website where what drug stores are carrying this antiviral that you can tell your doctor about if monoclonals are not an option early on or you can't get a hold of them because Joe Biden's an idiot and hasn't mass produced anything and hasn't warp speeded even testing. Um, so I just don't I, I want people to understand. I know more about this thing than I ever dreamed I would know. I wish I didn't. It is. You know, we have found concierge services where they will come to your house if you're willing to pay the money and and you'll get monoclonals. Um, so that's a great success story. It should be available for free like everything was down in Florida up until recently. Uh, anyway, good call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's say hi to Elizabeth is in North Carolina. Hey, Elizabeth, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. It's nice to talk to you and want to thank you for everything you and Linda do every day for us. Well, I don't know about Linda, but I think I deserve the thanks for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. You know that? <laughs> I love this caller. This is a good caller. She should be on every day. Now, don't you think she has a very thick New York accent? Caller. This caller. You're a caller to talk radio. Did you have coffee That's this right. morning? Elizabeth? I love her accent. You love her accent. I All love right. Elizabeth. I do. More Elizabeth. <laughs> I, I love North Carolina. What's on your mind, Elizabeth? Sean, I was calling about your topic on Friday, about what's going on with the truckers up in Canada. I know it's kind of a throwback from today, but... Um, oh, it's I big today. Big, big news today. Go ahead. Yes, it still is. Um, I do logistics driving also, but I am not in a truck. I'm in a sprinter van. And there's a lot of us out here, and we drive alongside these truck drivers every day. Not trying to take any spotlight off these guys. They really do bust their butts. They really do an amazing job at what they do. We basically do the same thing. And during COVID and even since COVID started, we've all been struggling to make money out here because everything came to pretty much a standstill, slowed down real big. And then it's starting to kind of pick up a little bit now. Basically, you know, we're all trying to make a living until we can get this administration to open up the the docks again and let us unload these ships and we start letting uh, these manufacturers such as the automakers that he had take you know taken out of the United States and taken those jobs away from us here it has put a damper on our business so these guys up in Canada for everything they're going through and all the truck drivers that are here in America for everything they're going through as we in the sprinter vans are we're struggling but God bless them we're all hanging in there together and I think that eventually we'll all get through this it, look, the fact that the people are standing with the truckers, to me, speaks volumes. And uh, the Ottawa yeah. mayor declaring a state of emergency and GoFundMe is literally stopped the Canadian trucker fundraising capability. Um, the Freedom Convoy in America or the Freedom Convoy there raised $2 million. There's another GoFundMe called 
Give, Send, Go. Um, Linda, you're more familiar with it than I am. They're, yeah. they're, they're now raising money. Um, and I will tell you this. We need an investigation into GoFundMe for seizing the truckers' convoy funds. How do they get to see? It's not their money. How do they exactly. get to freeze up that money? I think Ted Cruz is onto something here. Uh, but the removal of that money was the result of government interference. There was a great piece in the Epic Times today about it. And I will tell you, uh, I think GoFundMe made a big mistake doing this. Canadian conservatives are, are so after Trudeau on this and his attacks on these truckers. There's no evidence at all that these truckers are as he has described them. I, we've looked hard to find it and we can't even find it. Anyway, supporters were rallying around the Canadian trucker convoy. We've got the convoy building in America from California to D.C. We'll be following that very closely. You know, you had the Ottawa police chief talking about sending in the military. They're not doing anything wrong. It's like they're trying to turn this into a riot. And it's not. It's people, you know what, waving flags and saying we don't like your mandates. It's called freedom of expression, the right to protest. And it's actually a real peaceful protest, unlike the summer of 2020. Um, anyway, Elizabeth, God bless you. But a lot of people are standing in in support of them. Quick break. Right back. More of your calls. 800-941-SHAWN. Listen. Back to our busy phones. Rhonda is in Indiana. How are you, Rhonda? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. Just like you and the caller that you just spoke with, I've been riveted by what is happening up in Canada. We actually have a good friend who's been on the ground and has been giving us updates. But I'm telling you, what the truckers of Canada are showing all of us is that while fear is contagious, Courage is contagious, too, and their courage is spreading around the world. I, there is such a divine nobility in the common working men and women who just do their jobs without much recognition. These are the people who are so often looked down upon by what I think of as the arrogant elite until they have had enough and they come together and they stand up and they say we've had enough and that's when things change i i just feel so much gratitude and pride in these people who are reminding me that we are all carriers of something and it will be fear or it will be courage as a it's pastor of ours used to say uh, we we can borrow and loan courage. It's not a lovely thought. Listen, I I'm all in. I don't mind protesting at all. I don't mind it. I don't uh, even even people that gen, genuinely were outraged, um, as I think most people were at what happened in the case of George Floyd. He was handcuffed. The guy was handcuffed. He was saying, "Please, sir, I can't breathe." You know, I, it's so infuriating to me because that was so easily preventable. And rightly, people say this can't happen in this country. You had the guy handcuffed. All you had to do was put you can handcuff his legs and boom, you know, get a bigger wagon, put him in the truck and take him to the police station. It's not that complicated. And but then there's the group Black Lives Matter. The group. What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? 
that I can't stand, you know, or the media and Democrats, you know, it's okay for Kamala Harris to support insurrection, rioting and bail funds and defunding the LAPD. Nobody says a word or Joe Biden. We well, yeah, I'll redirect funds away from the cops now saying just the opposite and then asking us to forget what he had said. Um, peaceful protest. You know what? There's a movement here. There's, and I'm, it's much bigger in my view than just the truckers in Ottawa, because it's it's almost a worldwide phenomenon. We see massive protests all over Europe. Um, it's going to start in the U.S. if they keep this up, and you can only push people so far. You can only be wrong so often, and I don't think there's many Americans left that trust Anthony Fauci or the NIH or the CDC or Walensky or Biden or Kamala Harris or Jen Psaki on any of the, of the things that they're saying. I don't think anyone should trust them. They've been wrong so regularly so often. You know, I've spent I've devoted an awful amount of time on this program to talk about therapeutics ever since breakthrough cases started happening with the Delta variant. Because that means fully vaccinated people are still getting COVID. Okay, now you got fully vaccinated people with boosters getting COVID. And then you have people fully vaccinated and even with natural immunity getting COVID for a second time. And so the answer now, my focus is if we're going to follow the science. One, I would look at the John Hopkins study. Everything that they proposed and did failed. Number one. Number two, they don't want to, no network has even mentioned it. And number two, the, I spent a lot of time talking about the therapeutics like I just did on this program. And so I think it's the fact that the rest of the mob, the media won't talk about it. I, I don't know how in good conscience as a host, you can't talk about something that, you know, is working that we should be mass producing. That should be it should not be hard to get a test. It shouldn't be hard to get. You know, Citrobamab, the monoclonal antibodies, it should not be hard to get the antivirals that every doctor swears by. Those should all be readily available for everybody. And I think that w- there comes a tipping point. Um, and I think Canada's hit it. And I think Europe has hit it. And I think we're about to hit it here. And I think people have just had it. And I think and that's why you keep hearing, well, we're going to take a very different approach to COVID moving forward out of the White House. And, and basically, they're going to take the Ron DeSantis, uh, Christy Nome, Greg Abbott tact, which is, no, we're not shutting down. Get a, think of it this way. Schools in Florida have been open for kids without masks since August of 2020. New York City is still demanding masks on kids in school. And now they're talking about five-year-olds to 11-year-olds getting, they, they must be vaccinated or they can't go to school. I mean, how do you have that kind of disparity? It's almost, it's it's hard to imagine. Um, all right, when we come back, by the way, we'll talk about the Biden-China genocide Olympics. I'll explain what I mean by that. And the latest on Russia-Ukraine, uh, is, is Putin really going to invade or is he trying to get concessions? That's what the question is. We'll talk with a Russian-born former U.S. intelligence officer who knows a thing or two about Putin. Uh, That's coming up. 